Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy. We're going to be in two different places in 1 Timothy to start with anyway. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and 1 Timothy chapter 6. And in 1 Timothy 4, we're going to look at verses 7 through 9. Let's all stand together as you find 1 Timothy chapter 4. If your neighbor does not have a Bible this morning, please allow them to look on with you so we can all be on the, the same page reading God's Word together. All right, 1 first, first Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Verse 7 says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Go with me over to chapter 6. Look down in verses 3 through 6. It says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask, God, that you might come and still our hearts this morning and uh, allow you to speak to them through your word, by your spirit. We ask, Father, that you would be very evident in this service this morning. We pray, Father, that uh, you would have freedom, your spirit would have freedom in this service, freedom with the speaker, freedom with all that hear. And uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you'd just fill me with your spirit that I might be guided, led, directed by you. Uh, Lord, I don't want to say anything that would displease you. I don't want to say anything that would dishonor you. Uh, Lord, I love you this morning. I'm so thankful that I serve a God who loves me and that uh, uh, is never, never given to variableness, never given to change. And though the, the winds of this world may blow in all different directions, Lord, you are always steady as she goes. And thank you, Lord, for being our God and being so good to us. Pray your blessings upon this time together in your word. And Father, as, as you speak to us, may our heart's desire be that we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. After seeing the turmoil, and we haven't just had turmoil this week. There's been turmoil all summer in our country uh, in various places. Uh, folks are, are just, you know, things are just in an upheaval right now. And it's not just here. Honestly, there's uh, upheaval all over the world. What, what's in, in America, though, we'll, we'll focus on that because that's where we're citizens. Uh, what's, the, what's the greatest need of America today? Well, this last week, uh, one party said it was one man and another party said there was another man. Well, I'll tell you what, neither one of those guys are the answer to America's greatest need. They, they really aren't. 
uh, and, and I obviously have a preference for one rather than the other, uh, but, but that's, that's not the answer. The greatest need is for God's people to be godly, just godly people. Now, understand, when I say God's people, when, I t when I'm talking about godliness, if you don't know for sure, if you're not absolutely positive that your sins are forgiven and that heaven is your home and that the heaven that we sang about this morning is a place where you're going to spend all eternity. I mean, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. If you don't know that for sure, then you can't be godly yet because what you need is to trust Christ as your Savior first. You need to, to know for sure that your sins are forgiven. And, and uh, uh, being a good person or a godly person does not get a person to heaven. You have to know you're going to heaven first before you can even be godly according to God's word. And in order to get that thing settled, you simply need to understand you're a sinner. And I've found very few people that have really... Uh, there have been a few idiots out there, but most of the folks uh, understand that, okay, and get that down if you're honest about it. Uh, but because of that, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's a price to be paid. And, and uh, the price that is to be paid for us naturally would be for us to pay for our sins ourselves. And if you pay for your sins yourself, you die without forgiveness of sins. You die without knowing for sure that your sins are forgiven. You go to hell for all eternity. And someone asked me this week, uh, what happens when a person dies? I said, well, listen, there's only two places. You either go straight to heaven or you go straight to hell. And it has nothing to do, and please get this, it has nothing to do with how good you are. Nothing to do with how bad you are. You say, how do you know that? Well, I was able to explain to that person that there, there was a thief that died on a cross next to Jesus Christ. He had a lousy life his whole life. That's why he was hanging on the cross. Now, Christ was, was just, and they, they hung him. He was sinless, and they hung him. But those other two guys, they knew they were just as guilty as could be. And uh, he looked at the Lord Jesus, called him Lord, and said, remember me. When thou comest into thy kingdom. In other words, take me to heaven, forgive my sin, get, get, you know, let, 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 let me come with you. And, and the Lord Jesus looked at that thief who had been rotten his whole life and said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That has nothing to do with his life. He didn't even have a chance to get baptized or nothing else. He just simply believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And a, a, a person needs to come to that point where they realize they're a sinner on their way to hell. The only way they can go to heaven is by putting all their faith and all their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. What he did is death, his burial, his resurrection. We turn from sin, we turn to Christ, and we believe on him and on him alone. And then the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now there's this, a particular kind of call. Bible says, if, 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 thou, uh, uh, if thy, thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Not just praying a prayer. 
It's believing when you cry out to God and you're asking him to save you, you're asking him for mercy. And you do that and turn your back on your own works, you turn back your back on religion, you turn your back on all that stuff that you depended upon to get you to heaven. You trust Jesus Christ as Savior. And the moment you do that, I mean the moment you do that, he, he saves you, forgives you of all your sins, gives you eternal life. You don't pick up eternal life when you die. You pick it up the moment that you trust him as Savior. It becomes a present possession for you. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have, have, present tense, already got it, not dead yet, already got it, eternal life. So if you're here this morning and, and you don't have that, that issue settled, let me, let me encourage you. Uh, at, the, at the end of the service, we'll have a time of invitation. There'll be probably some folks that possibly that will come forward and spend some time at the altar. Uh, and we're going to give them an opportunity anyway. And uh, uh, that would be an opportunity for you to come on up and, and see me right here. And just, just say, listen, I, I don't have that thing settled. I would, I, honestly, and I mean this with all my heart, and I don't say this because I'm a, I'm a Baptist preacher. I say this because I would be concerned about my soul. I would not leave this place until I got that settled. You have absolutely no guarantee. Uh, I was going to say of tomorrow. You don't have any guarantee of this afternoon. You don't have any guarantee of tonight. And so that's the most important thing. Now, once a person trusts Christ as Savior, and they get saved and they have eternal life and their sins are forgiven, then they can be godly. And the greatest need that we have today is, is for people that are saved to be godly. People today uh, strive to be successful. God doesn't want us successful. Well, he does. There's one verse that talks about it over in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, but it's a different kind of successful than what the world calls successful. God wants us to be godly. And, and by the way, let me just say this. God just doesn't want us as safe people to be good. Now, should we be good? Yes, we should, we should do right things and have, have good works. And we were created in Christ Jesus unto good works. But he wants more than that. And most of us settle for the good instead of the godly. And I want to, I want to look this, this morning at uh, some characteristics that will be in a person's life if they're godly. You know, the Bible says in the verses that we read, it says godliness is profitable unto all things. It, it's, it's profitable first and foremost to God. Secondly, it's profitable to you. It's profitable to your family. It's profitable to all those that are around you. And then, then the second thing that it said in that, in that passage was godliness with contentment is great gain. It says that godliness is great gain. It's a, it's, it's a great gain for you. It's not only a great gain for you, it's great gain for society. Society is better off, whether they like it or not, whether they believe it or not, whether they agree with it or not, they're better off with godly people in it. There are times when God will spare judgment on an area or on a place just because there are godly people in it. And so the greatest need that we have in America today is, is for people to be godly. We, we, we need godliness. So let's take a look 
at some of the, the characteristics of people that are godly people. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. The Apostle Paul penned this epistle, this letter. He spent the first 11 chapters talking about doctrine, talking about salvation. One of the, one of the easiest places to lead someone to Christ is out of the book of Romans. I, I almost always go immediately to the book of Romans and start, start taking verses from there and showing folks how they can know that they can have eternal life. I always take it from the first uh, 10, 10 chapters of the book. And just a moment ago, I quoted you that verse, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's in chapter 10 and verse 13. But that now he comes to chapter 12, and he's talking to people that are saved, and he's telling saved people, born-again folks, he's telling them this. I beseech you, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A person who is godly is a person who is surrendered to God. They're surrendered to God. And the surrender is based upon a beseeching. He says, I beseech. In other words, I beg you. I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you. Uh, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. In other words, God's been good to you. God's been merciful to you. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If, if all God did was save my soul and did nothing else for me for the rest of my life, and I got saved when I was 17, if that's all he did, that was so much more than I deserve, I ought to be willing to give my whole life to him. I really should. Because... because because my salvation is for eternity. You know, the, the older I get, the more my values start to change. And they get more. I, I enjoy singing songs about heaven today more than I did 30 years ago. <laughs> I do. And, and some of you, some of you other old poopers are doing the same thing, shaking your head. <laughs> and, I, and I'm one. Uh, but... Uh, I put myself in that category. I've, I've, told my, I've told my grandkids, yeah, I'm an old pooper too. Uh, but uh, but, but the, the point is, is that, is that uh, uh, we, we need to realize that we have become the recipient of tremendous mercy. And based on that, based on that, what a surrender ourselves to God. He, he calls this surrender acceptable. Acceptable means it's pleasing to the receiver. It's something that the receiver wants to get. It's, it's an unconditional surrender. And in verse 1, it's talking about the body. In verse 2, it talks about the mind. And uh, we need to surrender our bodies. And we need to surrender our minds to God. Uh, can I tell you this week, the world has tried to occupy our mind more than God from the standpoint of it's been trying to to get our attention and for some of us and it sometimes unfortunately it did it did and if you were to be honest about it and admit it you'd probably say yeah it probably did me too but God wants to have our, not only our bodies but he wants to have our minds uh, what are what are some characteristics of someone who has a body who is surrendered to God. Well, 
If, if you've surrendered your body to God, you've to what God wants to do with this body. In other words, if God wants to allow you to get sick, you'll accept it. If uh, God wants to uh, allow you to, uh, uh, you know, have extra strength, you'll accept that as a, as a blessing from him. In other words, whatever he does to this body or whatever he allows to happen to it, uh, we ought to be willing to accept. We give up our rights. We have no rights because it's not our body anymore. Now it's, now it's God's body. Um, we, a person who uh, has surrendered their body uh, has a goal. And the goal is for their body, for their physical presence, the things that they see, the things that they hear, the things that they say, that they give honor and glory to God. That's a, that's a surrendered body. And a surrendered body will be one that we make sure is clean and that we're careful with it. We won't be pouring, if, 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 if we have a surrendered body, we won't be pouring booze into this body. We won't be pouring drugs into this body. We won't be pouring junk into the eye gate. You won't be pouring junk into the ear gate. You'll be careful about how you treat the body because it's not yours. It's, it's God's. What, what, about, what about your mind? Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, just a little bit further in your Bible. 2 Corinthians 10. And in 2 Corinthians 10, look at verse, verses 3 through 6. And I, I wrote this same unto you, lest when I come I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all that my my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish, uh, you know what, I'm not in the right place, am I? Okay, I'm in, I, I, what am I doing in chapter two? I have no idea what I'm doing there. Somebody come up here and change the page on me? Hold on. Okay, Second Corinthians 10. And you, you're all just sitting there saying, uh-huh, yeah, right. <laughs> Following right along, obviously. Okay, <laughs> okay, uh, see where we at. Verse 3, thank you. At least one of us is paying attention. That's good. <clears throat> for, though, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I particularly want to draw your attention to verse 5 where it says, bring into captivity every thought. You realize you and I are, are responsible for everything we think. We, we often think, you know, well, I'm responsible for all the words that I say. Even before they become words, you and I are responsible for everything we think. And God wants us to have that thought life in subjection to Christ. By the way, let me just say this. God would never ask you to do something that he did not give you the capability of doing. If, if he's asking us to do it, 
then it's possible to do it. Now, you can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own power. But God can help you and give you the grace to be able to get it done. And this, you know, this, this godliness is, is, a, is, a, is a scene in a surrender of our body and of our, our, uh, our, our minds to God. And the way that it comes to pass is by having a desire to please God. It's, it's, not, it's not because God has put a proverbial gun to our heads and said, give me your body and give me your mind. No, Paul said, by the mercies of God. What's he appealing to? He's appealing to our love. He's appealing to our hearts. He's appealing to our desire for him. And we ought to have a desire to please God. That, and, and if we do, we'll surrender ourselves to him so a person who's godly is a person who's surrendered to god another thing uh take your bibles and turn to genesis chapter 5. genesis chapter 5 tells us about a godly man who uh was taking steps on this earth and all of a sudden the next step he took he wasn't on earth anymore but he was in heaven with god and his name was Enoch. And in uh, uh, Genesis 5, look in verse 22. It says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah, three, three, uh, Methuselah 300 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. So it says when, when Methuselah was born, uh, that's when he really started getting serious about God. Uh, kids will do that to you. <laughs> they'll, they'll make you realize, well, wait a minute, I got to watch my P's and Q's here. I got somebody watching me. And uh, you, you look down with me, if you would, in verse, uh, uh, let's see, verse 24. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. You say, what does that mean? That means he just went straight to heaven. It doesn't say killed him. It says he took him. He was walking with God, and God said, listen, instead of going to your home, how about going to mine today? And he said, yeah, that sounds pretty good, God. He says, okay, poop, and they were there. <laughs> I mean, just that quick. Why did that take place? That took place because he was walking with God. He was, he was godly. Uh, a person who is godly spends time with God. And that's what he was doing. He was just spending time with God. I believe that Enoch was conscious of God's presence every moment of every day. I believe when, when he went to work, he knew he was going to work with God with him. When he took care of his family, he knew he was taking care of his family with God with him. He, was, he, had, he had God with him everywhere he went, not because God joined him, but because he joined God. It's, it doesn't say God walked with Enoch. It says Enoch walked with God. And the Bible says that over in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, it says he pleased God. He pleased God. He spent time with God. And he pleased God. What, what are the, the characteristics 
of somebody who will walk with God. Uh, he'll, if, if you're walking with God, you're going you're gonna to see it in your speech. Your speech is going to be different because he's going to affect the way that you talk because you realize that, that, uh, that you are accountable to God for every word. Uh, you are, you're going to agree with God. You're not going to be fighting God. You're going to be agreeing with him. Uh, you're going to be going in his direction. Again, uh, God did not join Enoch. Enoch joined God. He saw where God was going and said, hey, I want to go that way too. And the Bible says Enoch walked with God. And so that means he was in, going in the same direction. He was in agreement with, uh, with God. Uh, another thing, this kind of goes hand in hand. They, they thought alike. When you walk with God, you think like God thinks. And by the way, God's ways and God's thoughts are not like your thoughts and your ways, naturally speaking. And so when you walk with God, it changes the way that you think. Uh, it, it causes you to, to meditate on the things of God. A person who's walking with God is thinking consciously about God. There was a, a program that a youth pastor put together years ago. And it was called, I, I love the, the title of it because it's really the way we ought to be living all the time. Conscious Christian Living. That's what he called it, CCL. Con Conscious Christian Living. And it was, uh, it, it was uh, exercises in, in uh, learning how to just make, really all, the, all he was doing was saying, listen, God ought to be a part of your life every moment of every day. That's walking with God. And, uh, and you know, he, uh, Enoch chose the path that God was walking on. It was his choice. Um, when you're walking with God, you're going to fulfill uh, Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes when you're walking with God, neither one of you are talking. You're not talking, God's not talking, but he's speaking to your heart. And he's giving you direction and giving you, giving you help and giving you strength. So a person who's godly will be surrendered to God. A person who's godly will spend time with God. By the way, there's no shortcuts to that. You just spend time with the Lord. You walk in his direction. And if you see the world going to the right, no, let, let me change that. If you see the world going to the left, <laughs> then, then you go with God to the right. Uh, you, know, you go in the direction that God goes. And, and what that will mean often is, is that you will, be, you will be walking against the tide. You will be walking against the current. But you'll be doing it with the right person. You'll be doing it with God. Third, third characteristic of a person who is godly. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs 3. Most of you, many of you anyway, know this verse. Proverbs chapter 3. Or verses, actually. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not, unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. A godly person trusts God. A godly person trusts God. Take your Bibles and turn, turn me over to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verses 
in your New Testament, book of Hebrews, chapter 11 and verse 6. This is the faith chapter. In Hebrews 11, And verse 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We, we got to believe that God is who he said he is. And, and we already talked about that a little bit this morning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And him is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Um, we need to realize that God is good. We need to realize that God is just. We need to realize that uh, God is right all the time. And when we disagree with God, we're always wrong. And he's always right. And uh, we need to know that God is just. And that, that God is loving. And that God is kind. And... and uh, uh, God is faithful. We need to we know those things and believe those things and trust him for it. It's one thing to mouth the words. And you know, I've watched a lot of us over these last nine, eight, nine months mouth a lot of words about God is good, God takes care of us until something goes. And, and you know, this, this COVID thing really, I, I'll be honest, I think it's been good for us as believers. I really do. I know some of you are looking at me, yeah, and we think you're nuts too. No, I, I really do believe it. You know why? It, it shows whether or not we really trust God. Um, you know what? If I get it, obviously, uh, and, and, I was, and I was careful and so forth, uh, then God really wanted me to get it for a reason. We've got folks in our church that have gotten it. I don't, I don't look at them and go, oh, you know, oh, some people do that. You know, you get COVID and you think you're a leper. Uh, no, no, understand that God's in control of all that stuff. He's in control of all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we can say we trust God. Okay, you can trust God with COVID. Yeah. And I've watched people get COVID and trust God. That's a good thing. I talked with uh, Pastor Randy King. He said it's the roughest sickness he's ever had in his whole life. And uh, he, he, you know, uh, but he says, you know what? God got me through it. He said, you know what God did? And this, this, was, this is such a blessing because immediately he, he, he went to, from something that tragically happened to him to how it was a blessing to his family. And he says, you know what? He says, my wife and my, and my kids were in the same home with me from time to time while I had it, while I was contagious, and none of them got it. And I said, well, that's because you're a stinker and they're, they're living for God. And that's, I, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> but but, the, but, the, but, but that's, that's the way to look at it, you know? Uh, understand that it's one thing you can we can mouth the words God is good, but how about when something adverse happens? Is God still good? Yep, He still is. And if you believe that, then you, you can trust Him. We we believe who He is. We believe His character. And and uh, it, look in in that verse, verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he, he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
Uh, if, if you trust him, uh, he'll take care of you. And he'll take care of you if you diligently seek him. If a person trusts God, they're going to have a, a, a certain amount of confidence. And I'm not talking about self-confidence. You hear a lot about that, even in Christian circles. Well, we ought to have self-confidence. No, you shouldn't. You should have God-confidence. Confidence in God. You know why? Because you're flesh. <laughs> and flesh is corrupt. And flesh is rotten. And flesh is wicked. And in your flesh, uh, Paul said about his own flesh, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. There's no good thing in your flesh, uh, in, your, in your fleshly nature. Not, not a good thing at all. And, uh, uh, but, but we can, so we, I can't be confident in my flesh. The Bible tells us we should have no confidence in the flesh. But we can be confident in God. And you'll have some confidence, not in, not in yourself, but in the God you serve. If you're trusting God, you'll rest in Him. And that will show up in your spirit. If you're flying off the handle, folks, you're not resting. Some of us have flown off the handle this week. <laughs> and you know what? We forgot that we had a God in heaven that was watching over us and could take care of us. At, uh, if, uh, if a person's trusting God, they're not, they don't worry. They trust Him. They're not fearful. They trust Him. We... When COVID first hit, we started reciting the verse, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know what that is? Power, love, and a sound mind are characteristics of someone who's trusting God. If you're trusting God, those things will be true in your life. If you're trusting God, you're obedient to him. You're just simply doing what he says because you know he can be trusted. Another characteristic of a, of a godly person. Go to Romans 8 and Ephesians 5. Romans 8, Ephesians 5. And we'll look at Romans 8 first. Romans chapter 8 and Ephesians chapter 5. Romans 8, verse 1, says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. When, when you get saved, you still have a choice after you're saved. You either follow the Spirit of God or you follow your flesh. You follow your old nature, you follow yourself, or you can follow the Spirit of God. A person who's godly, follows God, just that simple, uh, is controlled by God. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, and be, drunk and, be not, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. All that simply means, it doesn't mean you get more of the Holy Spirit as you're filled, uh, not, not like a glass of water, it's like this. If I said, if I said Grant Miller was filled with anger what what would that what would that be and i've never really i've seen him kind of ticked off but i don't think i've ever seen him quite like that but uh if, if I, and that's why i picked on him but uh if if i said he's filled with anger what's that anger doing to him controlling him man it's it's calling the shots 
Well, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, what's the Spirit of God doing? He's controlling you. He's calling the shots. He's, he's making the directions. Uh, every, every Christian, according to Romans chapter 8, every person who is saved is in the Spirit. The question is, are we walking after the Spirit? Are we filled with the Spirit of God? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, walk in the Spirit. If a person who's walking in the Spirit, there's, there's some, and, and allowing the Spirit of God to fill them and guide them and direct them, there's some characteristics. They'll, they'll have sin confessed. They'll be right with God. They'll be right with God. And what a blessing that is to, to have that privilege. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You don't have to do that here at an altar. You can do that anywhere. You can do that at work. You can do that in your bedroom. You can do that, you can do that uh, out while you're mowing the lawn. You can do that while you're cooking. You can do that while you're, while you're mending a, a shirt. You can, you, can do that, you can do that at any time. Confess your sin. Get clean before God. If a, a person's walking in the Spirit, they let God have control. They want to go again. If they want to go left and God wants to go right, they go ahead and go right because God's controlling. And then they obey the Spirit's promptings. There are times when the Spirit of God will prompt you to do And uh, there's no way of really explaining that. Uh, if you're saved, you know what I'm talking about. You've had that happen. Uh, there have been times when uh, the Spirit of God has prompted me to pray, prompted me to give somebody a tract, prompted me to go, go look up a verse of Scripture, prompted me to talk to someone. Uh, I, and I'll be honest with you, I have not always followed those promptings. But when I'm godly, I always follow the promptings of the Spirit of God. All right, the fifth characteristic of, of someone who's godly. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. In Colossians 3, look with me down in verse 18. Well, first of all, go to, go to verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So that's a person who's godly, who's, who's living for God. Verse 18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Why? Because that's where God placed you. That's where God puts you. Be in submission to your husband, who's, who is your human authority. Uh, look down at verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto God. Why, why, kids, do you need to do that? Because that's your human authority that God has placed you under. You go down to verse uh, 22. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And you could apply that to people that uh, have jobs and have bosses. Do what your boss tells you to do. Why? Because God has placed you there and placed you under their authority. A person who's godly obeys authority. They obey authority. And, and once again, this is a surrender issue. 
because your authority doesn't always tell you to do something you want to do or that you necessarily agree with. But I will say this, if they ask you to do something that you don't like or they ask you to do something that you don't agree with, but it's not clearly unbiblical, in other words, it's not sin, then you're under obligation to do it. But if you're godly, you will. Well, you might chafe a little bit, but you'll, you'll give in because you're not giving in to them first and foremost. You're giving in to God because you know that's what God wants you to do. It's, it's, it, there's, there's understanding it, there's an understanding and faith that, that God is the authority's ultimate authority. Um, you know, you look at, you look at uh, the life of, I love the life of Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and uh, Daniel in particular, uh, he, he was, the, all those guys were in captivity and the heathen king asked him to do something. He made an appeal. And because the thing that he asked him to do was something that was against his faith and against his belief. And, and the Bible says he purposed in his heart. But he, he still was, he, you know, he didn't come up to the authority and tell him off. He, he, was, he, was, he was kind to the authority. He was respectful to the authority. You find the apostle Paul. Uh, he's in jail. He wasn't calling the prison guards names. He wasn't calling those who put him into captivity names. And he was there unjustly. But he was always respectful. And a person who's godly will obey authority and they'll be respectful to it. And then the last thing we're going to look at. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Last characteristic. 2 Corinthians 5. And look with me down in verse 9. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9 says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every, that, uh, every one may receive the things done in the body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We understand that one day we're going to give account to our service. Now, that doesn't mean whether or not we'll go to heaven. That'll mean whether or not we get rewards. But, but we're also going to be accountable to the one who died for us. We're going to be accountable to the one who gave everything so that we could be in heaven, so that we could have our sins forgiven. And that means if you're godly, you're going to be serious about serving God. You're going to be serious about it. You're not going to play with it. It's not going to be a tack-on and an add-on. It's going to be something that is a part of your entire day. It's a part of your entire life. Uh, you know, it says that they, he, he says that he labored. A, 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 a godly life uh, uh, takes work, takes effort. Takes, takes labor. Uh, Romans chapter 14 and verses 11 and 12 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. That, that day's coming. 
There's, some, there's going to come a day when we'll get down on our knees and we'll confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and we'll give account for our lives since the day we got saved until the day God took us home, either by rapture or by death. And, and uh, we'll give account to him. Um, you know what? If you're godly, you think about that. If you're godly, that motivates you. If you're godly, it causes you to think very, very seriously. And if you're godly, you'd be more concerned about eternal things than you are about earthly things. We'll be more concerned about whether or not we please God than we'd be concerned of... Uh, I'm not saying don't ever be concerned about earthly things. We have to be. But sometimes those things overpower us, don't they? They do. And they take over us. And if we're godly, if we're godly, we allow the Lord to super, superintend over our entire lives. We, we, ha we have a godly life, and you can tell a person has a godly life when they surrender to God, when they spend time with God, when they trust God. When, when we're filled with the Spirit, when we're obedient to authority, and we're serious about serving God, because we understand that one day we'll give account, not of somebody else, not of our neighbor, not of even anybody else in our family. We'll give account of ourselves before God. Let's bow our heads for prayer, if you would. Heads bowed, and eyes closed, no one looking around. Before we have the invitation and before I pray, I just want to ask a question. We started out this message talking about salvation. Are you absolutely positive that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? And not just, not just sure, but sure on the right basis, because there's been a time when you realized you were a sinner on your way to hell. And you realize the only way you go to heaven is by trusting Christ, calling out to him for mercy and you did so, and he saved your soul. And because of that, you know for sure that your sins are forgiven and on your way to heaven. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder if you'd raise your hand if that's the case. You say, Pastor, here's my hand. I know I'm saved because I've trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. All right, thank you. You can put your hands down. How many of you would be here this morning and be just as honest? Just as honest as those folks were. And say, Preacher... I'm not sure. Preacher, I got doubts. Or maybe it's preacher, no, I don't think I would. And I'm concerned about it. From my standpoint, it would be a privilege for me if I could pray for you. Is there anyone like that? You say, preacher, here's my hand. Pray for me. I don't have that thing take, taken care of. I don't know for sure. If I die today that I go to heaven, pray for me. All right, you're here this morning and you're saved. You know for sure you're going to heaven. Let me ask you this. Are you godly? Does God want you to be godly? Well, of course he does. Here's the question. Do you want to be godly? Father, I pray this morning, that you would speak to our hearts and work on our hearts. 
Help us to realize we've got a God who has loved us so much, gave it all. And in return, when we trust you as Savior, you just simply, by your own mercies, just ask us and beseech us to give ourselves to you, to have a godly life. America needs godly Christians, not just good people, not just nice people. But God, you need, and this world needs, godly people. And it's possible. It's possible. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that is saved, is struggling with this whole thing of godliness, I, I pray that today they just surrender themselves to be godly. Just surrender themselves. Maybe there's an issue. Maybe there's something that we touched on this morning. Spirit of God. Maybe it's something we didn't even touch on, but the Spirit of God did. Oh, I've had that happen to me in a service. I ask you, God, that you'd speak to their hearts. May today be the day of surrender. And I pray for anyone that might be here this morning that does not know for sure their sins are forgiven. May they come up to me and approach me right here. And I love to talk with them, love to take the Word of God, put them with someone, and have them show them how they can know for sure before they leave this place that they can go to heaven because their sins can be forgiven if they ask for forgiveness from you. God bless this invitation. Have your will and way. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's